Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. 
like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Episode 41, the finale, season 3. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey. Right. Alright, Spook? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Thought I'd come back, grace you with my presence one final time before the summer. There's only three of us this week. Yeah, it's, it's quite intimate. The rare, the rare occasion when there's only three. The last time we did it with me, T and Ricky, it was yeah. a bit of a struggle. It was that time. This is like the the dream team. If if, if Ricky was here, it'd be the Ream team. (laughs) We'll have to make do without Ricky. Um, We've got Cockfest. Well, firstly, before before going into that, we felt that we had to do one more because we didn't really get to review the season or um, you know talk about some of the things we wanted to talk about last week because Sherwood got sacked, and it was. It was just something that had to be done, I guess. Not that we wanted to spend that long talking about Sherwood, given that's all we seem to have done in the last six months, but it is what it is. Anyway, so we've got the Cockfest in the Slaughtered Lamb on the 31st of May. It starts at 2 o'clock, and then we're going to go on to somewhere else. Where is it? William Blake. William Blake in Old Street to watch the boxing from about 8 o'clock onwards. So if you can't make the Slaughtered Lamb, come down and watch the boxing with us. Should be a laugh. You're coming down, Spook? Yeah, without a doubt. I think, I'm not sure if Ricky's coming. No one knows. No one knows. No one knows. He, may, he may turn up. He may it depends if we can sort out a crack dealer for him. He might yeah. make an appearance. <laughs> How's everyone been this week? Now the season's ended. Time for reflection. 
Well, you know, night of Saturday feels like the final money shot in Tottenham Hotspur's face. What's that? Yeah, what's well, something happened last Saturday that made me a bit upset? Oh yeah, fucking hell! Oh, Barcelona God. fucked it up and yeah. didn't win the yeah, league, they didn't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that isn't a bad thing. I'm, I'm all for changing La Liga. Yeah. On a side note of that, did you see um, that they only had 477 fans? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's 0.1% of the capacity, something stupid like that. What's that about? Because I asked on Twitter and most people were saying it's the allocation they were given. Um, I don't think away support in, in, in Spain is that strong of a commitment to a, a lot of them. I'm sure they would have taken more supporters considering the importance of the game, but I think Barcelona are allowed to dick people off with the allocation. Like but like they filled their block. They, it was. It was. I even. I even saw some Atletico Madrid shirts in the Barca end. Yeah, they were. They were scattered all over the place. It was, it was a bit Liverpool v Everton, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they all sneaked in. And they're seeing couples, one wearing a Barca shirt, one wearing a Atletico <coughs> Madrid shirt. Oh, I don't know. We have to say a big thank you to Paul King, who made a donation this week. Thank you very much, mate. Last um, one. He says he's a big fan of the pod since the early days, and also Alex Schneck made a donation as well so he thank did. you guys it's very kind of you very kind um, we don't ask for donations but when they're received erections all round standard um, pre <laughs> were you on <laughs> just got mental images standing <laughs> ever <laughs> uh, you can pre-order the second fanzine we've had loads of pre-orders in I should say I didn't say last week there's a finite there's always a finite amount of issues. We, we didn't have infinite amount in, in, um, on the first issue, but we've only ordered less. There's a lot less now. I don't want to say the actual amount, because that would give the game away a little bit. But, um, yeah, once these have gone, we're not printing any more. So, and I didn't want them cluttering up my flat, basically, which is why, <laughs> why there's only the amount that there is. Will they be numbered? That would be cool, but cost an absolute fortune <laughs> to print. Then. So, uh, no, they won't be. But unless I go through it with a pen... <laughs> <laughs> that would take fucking ever. Like a gimp. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll get Ricky to do it. <laughs> You'd love that. Uh, yeah, so pre order them. You can get that at fighting, uh, fightingcock.co.uk forward slash shop. We've got articles with Madam Powley, Martin Cloak. There's a wicked interview with Mickey Hazard. Is it Mickey M I C K E Y or M I C K Y? M I C K Y. Is it? Yep. All right. I'll check some Google and there was loads of different ways, I suppose. What did he put in the fanzine? Well, it's, <laughs> we're, we're proofing, so I can do whatever I want at the moment. But at the moment, it's EY. So. <laughs> uh, we've got Mark Butcher and Zoc returning. Uh, there's also an excellent article from Lombardi. Spook, you couldn't be bothered this time. No. I, I, you only I, had about three months. Notice. Yeah, I, there was a couple of ideas, and in the end, I thought I'll, I'll leave it. But I've, I've written the next for the next magazine oh, yeah. already. Yeah, we'll start working on issue three. I just felt inspired. And um, it took us a, it took us fourteen months to get round to this point. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. So we're gonna get our, pull our fingers out a little bit and um get it sorted. When I say we it's practically me doing everything. So that, that's part of the reason why it's taking so long. Yeah, but then you're you're relying on the creative genius of the writers, though, aren't you? As that's well. right. Oh well, yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's and also that's probably crucial, thank the people that are buying the fanzine because without them, we probably wouldn't be looking at a second and third issue. No, I know that's it. I mean, get, uh, the the money we made off the first fanzine has allowed us to pay for a print for the second and the third and, and so on, and other bits and pieces Sweet. that we've been able to buy recording devices, whatnot, new trainers, Just new trainers, cocaine, whores, onesies. Onesies. Uh, yeah, so thank you everyone who's download. Uh, sorry, who's um, pre-ordered stickers are coming your way, and uh, yeah, get get on the pre-orders if you want your stickers. 
because again, stickers are fucking cool, man. It's just a throwback to your they, childhood. Are they cool? Yeah, fucking. They're cool, I, for they, me. They, they're cool if uh, uh, a minority like them. There you go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're trendy. Exactly. Esoteric. The postmodern stickers. <laughs> All right, uh, let's start with oh God Sherwood again. All right, let's let's do this on on goals on Sunday. I didn't watch it because I don't have Sky. But what was said? I mean, what? How how did he come off? I, I've heard mixed reports. Most people were saying he did okay. He did do okay, but I think there were occasions looking off camera. So I think he might have been prompted to kind of tone it down. You meant there's someone like a lawyer there or something? No, no probably, probably maybe his agent just kind of prompted him to kind of you know. He was diplomatic. He was I mean, very diplomatic. I've never, I've never seen it. Even with even with the stuff he was talking, I mean, they were asked. Thing about that goes on Sunday. If no one's ever seen it, it is very laid back, and the interview style is very pleasant. And they allow that the person, the guest, to just talk, and they kind of almost they, they almost kind of caress the, the the person's ego a little bit. Mm. And, and with Sherwood, he's obviously got a lot to say, and, it, and unlike his press interviews he didn't go ballistic and he didn't get overly passionate but you know he was he was quite defensive of Levy you know uh, suggesting he's a good chairman and every decision he makes is a good one for the club you know alluding to the fact that sometimes you can make the wrong decision with who you appoint Mm. you know there's an argument to have if you appoint eight wrong managers at what point do you actually put your hands up and say I'm not very good at appointing managers in the first place but yeah well, that's a, that's a point. I mean, that's a, one of the things we asked on Twitter last week was who's a, who's to blame? Is Levy to blame? And people were saying, well, I said who is to blame, Sherwood or, or Levy? And, and people were more or less saying both. Well, look, glad Sherwood was gone, but yeah. they're also angry at Le- Levy. And, and it's the first time there has been this kind of groundswell of opinion against Levy. I think we said that before on the pod, but yeah, it's definitely growing. I mean, even when you go to games, I've had one or two people sing. He won't leave. Yeah, even at the testimony, there's a bloke behind me piping up, and I'm like, "Come on, <laughs> have, 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 a, have a day off." That's it. Yeah. But he, um, Sherwood, uh, in in terms of all this, uh, all these comments about how he wouldn't have taken the job if he knew it would only last for five months, I don't think he's that naive or stupid. You know, I think he knows the score. He was quite uh, public about getting a contract that was right for him at the start, getting mm. the job full time. And I think if he actually believed that he was given the job full time, considering there was a break clause in it, then he's a bit gullible. So he knows that the potential for him to get sacked at the end of the season for a high-profile, experienced manager was probably incredibly high. So he, he tried to blag it, done all right on paper, but you know it was the right decision to let him go. And he seems all right about it now. I think I think he can only be philosophical about it. It, it was rumoured they didn't know about the break clause. How? How, how can you, man? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I mean... That's, that's, that's the real that said, I, I, I got done an insurance, uh, something I was claiming an insurance for this that's week. That's different, though. But that's because Lee, I, did, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't read the small print, yeah, is what he, I'm saying. He probably, he probably is a solicitor. You can pay them to read it. It's Levy with, it, like, invisible ink. Yeah, Just yeah. kind of... Written in blood. You have to x-ray it for it to reappear back on the sheet of paper. <laughs> um, there was talk of... Baldini, right? Did he men- any mention of Baldini as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, he, he referenced Baldini saying... Um, it's quite... I mean, again, if you want to over-analyse and, and read into his English in, in terms of how he's structuring <clears throat> the, the statement, you could say, well, hold on a minute, you're contradicting yourself a little bit because you're saying you think Baldini um, has a has a, an influence on the signings, but apparently everything's sanctioned by the coach yeah. every every play that's been bought has been agreed by the coach but then 
that's stressed up a little bit because AVB could have asked for three players and none of them were signed. And they said, look, this is the only one we can, we, we can buy now. Uh, Dempsey, are you happy with that? Well, well, okay, then I sanction it. I've it, got no fucking choice. It did say they were working their way down the list, though. Like, if the first choice isn't there, they worked their way down the list. Yeah. And so on. And it's, but it did say it was all sanctioned by AVB, so... I, I'm suspicious I of that simply because we bought Lamella. Well... Do you know what I mean? Not that I've got anything against that signing because I, I think it will come good, but that felt like a Baldini signing and not, like, a, a player that... It came, it came from Roma, didn't he? And that's where Baldini came from. Yeah. But, and Baldini yeah. signed him from River Plate. That's right. When he was at Roma. Yeah, Tottenham's a bit like a religion, but like a hundred religions, everyone's got their own agenda and what they want. <laughs> so even if the Baldini and AVB and Levy relationship, depending on who you hate, that's what role Baldini has. Because no yeah, yeah. nobody really knows what it does. He negotiates, but nobody knows if it's mm. him picking or. Well, if his job is to get deals done, to go out there and get the man, then yeah. he's done a fun, fantastic job. Because we remember when he was in Valencia getting Soldado and, well, look, look and so it, forth. Is it Ian Eyre at, at Liverpool? I get that he signed. I mean, Henderson's come good. Obviously, Suarez has. Suarez is always going to. He was class the minute he turned up. But he's gone over and fucked loads of deals up. And if, if like I say, if Baldini's job is there to buy players that have been allocated to him to buy, then he's doing. He's done an amazing job last sun, summer. I think the example he wanted was Edward Woodward from what? West Ham. From sorry, from Man U. The Manu bloke, the Manu equivalent Edward of Baldini. Woodward. That's his name, isn't it? Isn't that the equaliser? <laughs> no, no, that's his name. That's his really? name. That's his is that name. his actual name as well? His surname is Woodward. <laughs> Give him a TV series. Fuck it. I thought it was something Edwards. No, but no, he he was the one who fucked up all his deals. Remember the um the the player who had a fake agent or some shit like that. Herrera. They're meant to sign him, and it fucked up because basically some some um, joker rings that man and said, "Oh yeah, this player's available." Then when it came to the crunch, it was oh, quite a guy he'd never heard of. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, carry on. Well, <laughs> I figured I out his name on I'm, I'm looking Google, at his, Google. I'm looking at the running order and it says Prick of the Season, the Soul Award. But have we got one? It's Ed Woodward. That's it name. is Edward Woodward. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ed, 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 oh, I'm going to say Edward Woodward. So try repeating it. Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward. It's Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward. Either way, he's a prick and I hate him. Edward Woodward. Yeah, so the uh, prick of the season is Edward Woodward. Don't remember that we can't say when drunk. <laughs> Have we got one? It's written there. Well, I will share. <laughs> yeah. For what? Um, what, for calling us shit after the cup final? Well, who else should we have for the season then? Well, I just... I don't necessarily have an issue with him calling us shit. He's, a, he's an Arsenal fan. He's a player who understands the rivalry... Yeah, but you I know, you know, what? I don't. I, I, actually, it makes my erection grow. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 you I, know, if do you really th- believe that they believe in the hype? That because it, they're, they're they're the biggest triads the last some, couple of seasons with, with, with their trolling of Tottenham. And mm. as someone said, I think on a for- forum, trolling is something like fifteen-year-old girls do on on fucking Facebook. Like in terms of this constant barrage of supposedly poning of, of Spurs taking selfies and, and getting on the mic and it's just scoring points almost to to say oh you know what guys you know we, we've got one over Tottenham again and it's like well hold on a minute you didn't give a fucking shit about us a couple of years ago eight years ago nine years ago mm. and now suddenly it, 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 it's you know either we're your rivals or we're not no we we definitely we definitely got under their skin in the last few years they they, they did they do, they do have this superiority complex some would argue for the right reasons because you know they have been above us for so long 
and they weren't talking about us they were talking about Chelsea and they were talking about United, United. before that and it's the same way that Liverpool have problems with United and, and Leeds have problems with United and even West Ham do but it's because that they've they've always been top of the tree and Arsenal have fallen and so obviously Spurs are much more in their kind of psyche than, well, than we ever was well this is it they're trying to reclaim some kind of self-pride by reminding themselves that this rivalry was always there they're the ones that chose to ignore it they're mugging themselves up a little bit but I don't think it's a bad thing I, I think actually anything that kind of creates a a bigger bubble around the rivalry Jack, Jack Wilshire is just just the, the, the next uh, Frimpong <laughs> to be fair I chose his name as a default because he's fresh in their memory he probably isn't a pick of the season really but I couldn't think of anyone else but the I mean it says uh, are they the ones obsessed or are we the ones obsessed we we admit that we fucking hate Arsenal we, we'll always admit they, they're always a bit they're always a bit like, well, we don't care about Spurs, do we? You know, are they? They've won, they've won the league since you know black and white times. But we're like, we wear it on our fucking sleeve. We hate those cunts. Well, this is this is. I mean, like, oh, again, I don't want to wear West Ham and how much I love them or anything like that. But they, they, I, I admire them, the amount of hatred they have towards us. I mean, I know that's going to piss them off. I don't have any listen to this. It'd be fucking mental if they did. But I can't. There's some, there's some begrudging admiration mm. I have for mm. their hatred of us they they hate us and they love beating us I feel the same way about Arsenal and I hope that Arsenal feel the same way about us they won't admit that though which is, which is what T's saying well that's Go- what's pathetic it's almost that's like, what's pathetic it's not, like not- two gooners having a conversation like I, I fucking hate Tottenham yeah mate I, I agree I fucking hate Tottenham I know, I, I know what we should do let's, let's go and, and, and talk to Tottenham supporters and tell them how much we don't fucking hate them it's almost like they 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 don't care about us, but they're in our face telling us how much they don't care. Mm. Well, what are you in my face for? If we're if we're that insignificant, just fucking walk off, enjoy your victory, have a fucking laugh, and let us be. But they're constantly at our feet begging for validation. They, we we need to give them a fucking identity, and it's what it comes back to. Yeah. All right. Let, let's go for Wilshire. Just because he's a prick. Yeah, he's a prick, and he's always going to be the biggest. Hold on, prick. he's got his thinking cap on. No, I've got nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Ben Watkins, uh, Ben Atkins, twenty uh, from Twitter. He asked, "Who watched the final? And who avoided it? I, I, I didn't watch it. Case watched it. Yeah, he watched I didn't it. watch he it. Reported. Case he's, watched." I was I was almost frantic on WhatsApp trying to to find out a score, but I didn't want you to were watch hysterical. it. Hysterical. I didn't want to watch it. And they went 2-0 up, and I thought, right, I'm definitely not going to watch it. The minute I turned it on, they scored an extra time, and I just turned it off, and that was all I saw. I literally saw 30 seconds of that final, and that was it. It was awful. I don't know, why are we talking about this? I don't, I don't want... I don't want to... We were also questioned, so, you know. Well, all right. It's, well, like, it's like with the West Ham uh, defeats this season. You know, we, we only lost to West Ham twice. <laughs> I've, I've, I know nothing... Of the alleged, I've not seen it, so it might not exist. Third defeat. I don't know who scored, what happened. I've seen no footage. It's so the cup final. It is a lot easier to do all these things if you don't yeah, watch it. Yeah, if you don't it, see it, you've got easier. nothing ever. Your your brain never has to bring up an image that will burn its way into your memory forever. So mm. fuck it. No, no one won the FA Cup. It got postponed. It got cancelled. Um. Okay, so we'll move on to the Fighting Cock Awards. Yeah, we didn't get many suggestions for um, so <coughs> awards, so um, yeah, there's only, there's only four. Have, we, you got, have you got some answers to these? Well, yeah, what I was going to say, we'd normally have that the best player and you know, young player of the year, but everyone does that, so we thought we'd be a little bit, mm. you know, 
Stuff that's more appropriate to the fighting cock. Before before we we do go on to that, who who was your player of the season for Spurs? Carl Norton by a mile. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Is that because he improved vastly on on? Well, he'll make three. So you've been sarcastic. He'll he'll make, make, yeah. kind of I in- thought you was being sarcastic. He was so deadpan. <laughs> I believed it. <laughs> Shit, that is fucking acting, man. That's why I was looking at you. I was like, are you, are you, what? Do you understand what's happened here? Are you serious? Psyched them both out. Um, well, it's got to be... It has to be Ericsson, doesn't it? I mean, people say it should be Hugo Lloris, but... It's too easy to give it to him, though. Well, he's not been given anything, so it's not easy, is it? Ericsson won them all. Yeah, but I just mean in terms of... A, a keeper's never going to get the glory like that, but Lloris just turns up and does his job. He's made to look bad on occasions because of the players in front of him, but... Oh, yeah. Ericsson is almost like a beacon of hope. Let's hear what I was going to say. I, I, I think the be- our best player is Adi Bayor. I do. I think he's our most important player by country mark. He is our most important player, yeah. And he he, he woke he, us up a little bit. In that. He's been shit the, the last few games yeah. of the season. Though. Yeah, he has. He has. I, 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 I thought Ericsson the last 10 games was excellent. Absolutely brilliant. And in the Europa League games, he was brilliant. But most players you'd expect to be. But I thought Adi Bayor. I was surprised he didn't get more of a shout. I'm... I'm not that surprised given his background and everything that happened this season but to, to be fair to someone who wasn't even in the squad and wasn't talking to the manager to have the bollocks to say oh, I'm going to be our number one striker by Christmas and then was was it Christmas or by the end of the season or well, by El Navy we went yeah and and he was yeah he done it he lived and, up and to it and that's just unbelievable confidence it's a shame that he fucked it up with that stupid um, twist he did. did anyone see his, review, his interview with Mwamba? Um, yeah. It was great. I really enjoyed that. Well, he was very honest. I mean, um, he didn't make any excuses. He just said it's just one of those things where in a split second... In that split second, he did that, he did that and he thought... He, yeah, it's just one of those things. What have I done? Yeah. And he said he, he didn't sleep that night. And I, and I believe him. I do believe him. I don't think he was just playing up to it. And you can imagine, if you put yourself in that... It's bad enough when you make a rogue tweet on Twitter yeah. and you're thinking, fuck, what have I done? But... To, to do that knowing there's like I mean if you listen to the club like a million Spurs fans around the world just going you utter cunt that must Correctly. be harrowing yeah. when you lay down at night and you know when you're trying to get to sleep and your brain's like no you ain't sleeping we're <laughs> going to process re- this we're going to yeah we're going to replay every embarrassing thing you've ever done but except that he did it in front of a million people yeah that's uh, yeah fuck it you can't be player of the year so we're going with Ericsson predictably yes alright fair enough but okay. Well, Harry Harry Kane did did kind of prove us wrong from from a young player's perspective. Right, young Harry player. Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Um, Bentaleb narrowly misses out. Mm. All right. Um, so our first uh, fighting cock award for the best mistake made by a Spurs player, which led to a goal, goes to Kirikash Sunderland because Windy made the song for him. Nothing after <laughs> the first game. Yeah. Went this- <laughs> Wait, he had the song. Is this what he passed into Catamol? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost sort of beautifully curled it into the net. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just don't think there should we should name a goal, but just say Danny Rose here. Yeah, I was, that was my <laughs> nomination. Norton runs him close to it, man. Yeah, but Danny Rose against Arsenal. Yeah, that's oh, Arsenal. Arsenal. That was awful in, yeah, in, the, the in the cup. Oh shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was probably the worst. But there was there were loads. I mean, Norton Danny Rose against both Liverpool's was a massive fault. Norton against Southampton did two there, didn't he? Yep. Ball bounces over his head. <laughs> um, yeah, shitloads. So uh, yeah, but um, uh, we're going to go with Kirkesh. Yeah. All right, and the best song. Well, I think the shortlist is Lamella 
and Ericsson. The Ericsson song, the one that was uh, sung away at Villa, wasn't it? Is it away at Villa? Yes. In a pub um, that someone put on, uh, forgive me you if too. you listen to this and we don't give you a name check here, but whoever made it up, that was fantastic. I love, I love that chant. It's, it's amazing. No big shout for Wendy's strolling up the pitch. Well, so that's, that's the top three then. Pitch. Top three. What was the other one? Uh, Lamella, take the weather with you. Oh yeah, that was quite funny. That was pretty good. <laughs> Is there any other new ones that we could think of that I've not? Soldado a couple. Mm. It's not being productive. Really, no, not, not particularly. Nah, not much inspiration. I quite, I still quite like shoes up. If you love Tottenham, <laughs> <laughs> you such a cunt. <laughs> I'm only joking. I absolutely hate that. And uh, the best 1882. What do you think? Didn't pro because of Tom Van Heeren and you know. The twenty third minute was done. Done the clap. Done the done the applause. And they and they filmed the the banner that that we made for him. Yeah. And you know, obviously, yeah, you met, nice. obviously, Flav met his dad. Mm. You know, that was a pretty emotional moment. So I think, and also the game itself was the game where we go down and we turned it around. Yeah, yeah. So just just that as well. It was everything came together. There are them games <laughs> where where it, where it came together. Obviously, eighteen eighty two was in block thirty five. And it was it was amazing. It was just fantastic. The whole the whole the whole evening was brilliant. Meeting Tom's dad, doing the banner and and um, and, and like as you said, a twenty three minute applause. Yeah. That was a lovely thing to be a part of. But as you say, the game was fantastic. Yeah. We were going out at a stage at that stage, weren't we? Yeah, we were going down. We were going. We we, we lost the first leg one 0 didn't we? I can't remember. Did yeah, we did? Yeah. But we were definitely going out, and then we yeah. scored the three goals. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, the other two on the shortlist... Arsenal. Arsenal and Hull. The penalty shootout. Yep. Those, those two. I mean, Arsenal promised a lot, but obviously had a lot to live up to with Underhill. Mm. They were still, still good fun. It I was think. amazing. There was just... I think the one thing, the one criticism I have of 1882 is that if there are a lot of people are there and um, they're, they're excited, as I am... And everyone wants to kind of start their own songs. Yeah. So there's little patches of songs. Yeah. And there's not there's not the unity that. that it's not the cohesion. Cohesion is the right word. We need, yeah. we need, we need a loudspeaker. Yeah. <laughs> and a drum. Well, we'll come on to the drum. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I think the Neat Pro. I think a lot of people have been talking about the Neat Pro game as as the, uh, the kind of the best atmosphere that we had at the lane last season. And given the fact that we were there also. It just—it was just brilliant. Actually, it should also be a bit of a testament to the fact that we're in the Europa Cup and yeah. Europa League, and and it does have some merits. I mean, I know it's an exhausting competition to go through. Got, no, Nathan Dyer came out today actually and said what how exhausting it was and how much it took out of the players, and it was only when they were out of it that Swansea started to come start to turn around, oh, yeah, which yeah. probably led to Laudrup's sack actually in that competition. You need a squad, man, yeah. to to. And you need the squad, but you also need the right uh, state of mind. And I don't think, I don't think there's this uh, fallacy that we t- we take it seriously. I don't believe we do. I mean, the supporters don't, as a majority, and I don't think the players really believe in it. I think everyone sees it as an inconvenience. It's it's quite sad because you then get the moments when you see other people get to the final and you see those glory. It's because football's about those moments. Do you know what I mean? So you see a glorious passage of play that leads to. To a winning go and and they they lift the cup and you think, how can I just how can I not want that? How can players not want that? Mm. And next season, obviously, you get qualification into the Champions League. Yeah, well, it, so we'll get to that. But no, I mean it's just massive cup envy. I mean, and obviously I hate your hate Arsenal, but seeing them lift the seeing them with their parade. Well, I, I haven't seen it. So no, it's it, 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 happened, mate. 
Happen. In your world, it conspiracy theories. No, but you know, just uh, it just feel good to just you know have that you know win a trophy. I mean, Seville versus Benfica. I mean, mm. ended on penalties, and I just can't see how any fan won't want that. I mean, I can yeah. I, I can understand that being in a Champions League does increase revenue and increases our profile, but I don't give a fuck about that. No, we we don't collectively. But I'm just saying I can see why people say that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But winning the trophy means so much more, which is why I've championed Benitez because I feel that. Throughout all the crap, he'll win or something. I mean, it's like Juan de Ramos, he was a cup, he was a cup manager, yeah. effectively, mm. and he brought us a trophy. Did you see, what's the Italian paper? Not La Gazzetta, the Le Equip or something? Le, le, let's ring Lombardi and ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, might, I might be butchering this, but I think it's Equip or Le Equip or Le something. Le is French, mate. Really? Le Equip is French. There's no reason why I would be saying that when thinking it was an Italian, so it's definitely <laughs> le, the, that newspaper yeah, talking about Benitez. Yes. And... Uh, um, he, he, they said that he's practically signed for Spurs. That was the story. Really? Yeah, yeah. That was yesterday. Well, I mean, we talked about four-year po- deal apparently. Well, Pochettino. I mean, there's um, youth coaches have both gone, haven't they today? Yeah, there's a bit of mystery behind that. Not, no one's quite sure why they've been sacked. And you know, the Shaw's meant to be fuming about it as well. Well, you think there's there's um, there's going to be loads of managers' spots in the Premier League. Even if Pochettino don't come to Spurs, he's going to go somewhere else if he doesn't. You know, if he's not, it doesn't look like he's going to stay at Sunderland. All the noise is coming out, but it doesn't feel right over there Southampton. Southampton, obviously. Well, the Barcelona role has been filled, so we haven't got to worry about. That's one less. <laughs> one that? less. Louis, Louis Enrique. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did happen today? Yeah, today? Uh, yeah, this morning. Yeah. That's great. All right, and then we've got the fighting cock discovery of the season. What you got, T? Um, I've had um, this app on my phone called Shazam, and I've had it for ages. I've never used it. Used it for the first time on Sunday. It's fucking amazing. Do you know? Do you know what it does? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. He tells you what song. Fucking hell! <laughs> it's been out for ages. <laughs> I've never used it. <laughs> I bet you love that. Don't I you? was like, wow! That's oh right my god! Yeah, I was just really happy with that. And then through that, I found out another app called Who Sampled Who. So, yeah. Good. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> I, I, mine is um, Les Ferdinand. <laughs> right, because he's taught me. The fact that you don't actually need a holding midfielder in midfield, and I 100% agree with him. You don't. Oh, his comments about not needing defensive midfielders. Yeah, you it's don't. Quite, not it's all in, coming not, back to me now. All not, these gems. Not, not in all instances, about. you don't need it. And I think um, Sherwood. That was one of the most beneficial things Sherwood did for us last season. Was in some instances where we needed to open teams up, and he proved that he could do that at home. He's open teams up. We didn't really struggle scoring at home at all, barring one or two games. And that was something that Redknapp and um, an ABB struggled with. By not playing, a, I'm sure there was more to it than this, but by not playing a defensive midfielder, lo and behold, we were scoring goals at home. Mind blown. There, there was more to it. Well, though. that's the beauty of it, is because it isn't even difficult to work <laughs> out. It makes complete sense. These exactly. teams aren't going to come out. We don't need this player there. But you think Sandro, great, I mean, he's a brilliant, brilliant player at what he does isn't necessary when you're playing Sunderland at home. It just, just simply isn't necessary. So, my discovery, my, my, my favourite discovery of the season is uh, Les Ferdinand's intellect. Footballing intellect. Mine's got to he, be... He's staying, by the way, and he's Ferdinand. Yeah, he's... For now. Yeah, and, and we were talking about this in in, uh, in uh, the pub earlier. Um, the, uh, <laughs> Levy Spacey said that you, you're not going anywhere. But it's almost a, the diplomatic, gentle way of saying... You're not sacked until the new manager comes in, and if he want to, wants to bring his his own staff in, then see you later, mate. Is that what you think? Yeah, without a doubt. He's fucking Daniel Levy, man. He's hopeless. 
<laughs> Daniel Levy ain't gonna fuck about, is he? Okay, so that's that's the fighting cock awards. Enjoy. Well, yeah, you you enjoy my discovery of the the fucking season. Oh, Are you trying to start a ruck halfway through the pod? <laughs> I was waiting to our time for us to deal with this. What's the discovery? Yeah, I'm in a prime position for Jabia. Have you not been reading his little bitch comments towards me? On, bit, on, I'm on, not on the on one who's, who's, who's claiming I like I, I called an ambulance and the police here Mate, just in I, preparation. They tried to arrest me. I had to run and everything. All right. What's the discovery then? Stats don't lie. <laughs> Basically, if you pull up a stat, that is the definitive uh, truth. Um, they seem to rule football now, stats, though, don't they? Well, they, they seem to rule Managers like use them I mean, to justify their position. <clears throat> Windy uses them to justify it's, his footballing it's, knowledge. Look, it's like saying, you know, I can have sex for five hours non-stop. And what you're not telling people is that for four hours and 58 minutes you're taking your clothes off <laughs> but you count that as foreplay so like technically it's bullshit you, you can't you, you're fucking do you know what I mean right, four or like sex, saying that you're getting 400,000 hits onto your blog per month or 80,000 <laughs> downloads of your podcast per month but stats it's, it's subjective. stats but you, you're not what you're not saying is that you have uh, poor headlines, you're going to hit, get a hit, and that's going to count as a visit. It's not organic visitors. If you've got organic visitors, it's different. So stats do fucking lie. My discovery is that stats fucking mean nothing. Stats are there to accompany the football, the whole picture. You can't have a football match and what happens in a football match and then say, well, they lost 3-0, but they had... 70% of the possession they were the better team no they were not the fucking better team they, they lost 3-0 yep. they conceded three times deal with that so Sherwood mate and all the loathed people out there fuck you you're talking <laughs> out your ass. fuck stats fuck stats fuck Windy speaking of which Windy is now delivering his youth up I don't know what he's done this week because there's been no football no, he's going like to rap it's like a surprise we haven't heard this we'll we're sing. all going to hear this together exclusive. at the same time exclusive when it comes out on Tuesday for Wednesday Wednesday, Wednesday we're all going to hear it together so he may have just gone rogue don't know we'll see Windy yeah Windy back to draw the fucking knowledge blood. I see you I got your back Hi, this is Windy, back with the final youth update of the season, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loanees, Yago Falke played the full 90 for Rayo Vallecano, but he lost 2-1 to Getafe in La Liga. Jake Livermore played the whole match, including extra time, as Hull lost 3-2 to the Scum. Grant Ward's joined up with Chicago Fire in the MLS. He's been injured, so his loan's been delayed, and he wasn't involved this weekend. Finally, Tom Carroll could play for QPR in their championship playoff final against Derby at Wembley. Just to finish off, I'm going to round up where some of the development squad might be next year. We've got a few players coming to the end of their contracts and set to leave. So the goalkeeper Lawrence Vigaru is joining Liverpool. Darren McQueen signing for Ipswich. Roman Michael Purcell's had trials with various clubs, including Brentford. Kevin Stewart has had trials with Sheffield United. We also have Jonathan Miles, Grant Ward, Alex McQueen, Christian Ceballos, Jono Beaker, Cameron Lancaster and Giancarlo Galafuoco all out of contract. Now some of those will be extended but I would imagine the majority will be released. Shaq Coulthurst did well at Torquay at the end of this season. He'd aim for a League One load next year. Grant Hall's missed the end of the season but he's done well on the whole for Swindon. 
I imagine he'll find a permanent transfer to League One or two. Bogani Kamalo, I believe, has a year left in his contract. He unfortunately suffered a pretty severe injury for Doncaster, which stopped him participating for the last part of the season. But overall, he's done well and could get a Championship or League One move. Tomislav Gmelts had a bit of an injury-ravaged season at Royal Antwerp, but he hasn't really impressed when he has played, and I imagine he's one that could be released. Coming up from the under-18s next year, we've got some exciting prospects. Connor Ogilvy and Harry Winks have both been given two-year professional contracts. We've also got goalkeeper Luke McGee, Philippe Lesniak, Aaron McAniff, Nathan Dewa, William Miller and Emmanuel Snoop getting a year pro contract each, and Daniel Akindaini has been given the third year of a scholarship. That would make our under-21 squad much stronger next year, and I imagine some of those would also go out on loan. That's it for this season, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. For the Fighting Cock podcast, thank you very much, Windy, for the last time of season 2013-2014. It's been emotional. I've thank learnt, you, Miller. I've learned a lot about Cheers. young players this year. An awful lot. Sherwood's got a lot to answer for. To be fair, he has. He's in charge of that development squad for a long time. Yeah, he loved it. I think ultimately, apart from the interviews and stuff, Sherwood's impact on Tottenham has probably been overall a positive thing. Um, it's weird that I hate his guts. But yeah, I can't stand him. It is what it is. <coughs> Spook, you seem a bit like antsy, a little bit quiet. No, I'm just... I'm, just, I'm just philosophical about everything, mate. I... I... I just thought, I you, thought know, you had a problem with me. Like, <laughs> Well, that goes without say, but we'll we come to that later. I'll cut your balls off, mate. I'll wear them for earrings. <laughs> I ain't even got pierced ears. I'll get them pierced just for you. Fucking rip your head off and fuck your neck, but... <laughs> like I said, let's come to that. All right. No, um, I'm, I'm all right, mate. It's just, you know, I mean, you got you got in the uh, running order here, like the season that was, and it's got a few highlights and a few low points, and I'm just thinking... I'm fucking glad it's over. You know, it's drained the life out of me to the point where, you know, you you, you get this a lot from people that they start questioning their love for the the game and they heart they go on about the past and it's not the same game as it was. That's that's going to happen forever, basically. With every passing year, mm-hmm. you can always feel that it wasn't what it was when you were growing up. Of course, it wasn't. It was like 10, 15, 20 years ago. The game has changed, but this season feels like. You put all the commitment and faith into it at the start, even though there was a voice in your head saying, don't be stupid. Remember, you're a Tottenham supporter. Don't be fucking stupid. Mm. Keep your feet on the ground. But you know what? I thought, fuck it, we're going to do really well this season. And and it just... I don't understand how logic almost disappears from your thinking. It's football, though. You know, with all the, the, the fact that we signed eight, seven players and you never thought... Well, that might have an impact actually on the team, and then you're left with nothing at the end of it apart from. <laughs> Who was that? That bird? The the there was a, a journalist you retweeted, which you did a predictions. I think for the Guardian. Yeah, I, I, Linda I, Lee, Linda Hunter. I think. Is it Louise maybe? Taylor? Or Louise, Louise Taylor. Taylor. That was glorious. It was so badly wrong. It's unbelievable. It mainly was positive about Spurs. They, she she tipped Spurs to win the league. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Really? Paulinho to be the player of the season. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, I, uh, I think it's mani- a wind-up, man. Most, it's the most exciting... Well, maybe it was photo shots, but the, the most exciting um, prospect of the season for her was Alan, Alan Pardew switching David Santon from left-back to right-back because he's one of the most exciting players <sighs> that they have. 
it was it had to be a wind up. I mean, she shouldn't have a job if that's what <laughs> she predicted. My God. Or, or or after three games of watching Paulinho play, she must have thought, "Fuck, what have I done?" <laughs> He'll have a stormer now in the World Cup, and we'll be like, well, we've just been playing him wrong all season. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's just, it's, I just feel deflated. And at the same time, I'm quite happy because season's done. And I'm not saying I'm looking forward to the next one. I haven't even started thinking about it. I'm going to enjoy the World Cup for what it is a spectacle, Brazil, Brazilian female supporters jumping up and down in oh, the stands. And yeah. hopefully, some decent football. I, I, I haven't even stopped to think about England to be honest with you again because I'm quite disconnected from the national side as well but think about how you feel about man, Tottenham listen to me I need to like fucking galvanise myself a little bit <laughs> think, like, oh, think about how you feel about Tottenham and that's how you're going to feel about England in about yeah, six weeks time yeah probably I think we're going to win the World Cup to be honest <laughs> England alright so some of the highlights we had here Man United away which was a fantastic game that was fun under the stewardship of uh, Timothy, Timothy Sherwood Tim Sherwood again uh, obviously the Dnipro turnaround uh, as we, we talked about and obviously 1882 was a big season for us got to mention as we're going to go on to a little bit about the trusts end of season meeting with the club yeah. um, which is a high point for us um, the rise of Ericsson obviously that was magnificent he played a great season especially given the fact he's only 22 do you know what the biggest change was of the entire season what's that moving from Wednesday to Monday oh and a pod that was the biggest move of the season you see it was the most, impactful on, <laughs> the most impactful on my life, definitely. Massively. No, it, it, it worked though, didn't it? It's all fresh in everyone's mind. Then you haven't had a week, uh, like two or three days worth of already processing everything. Yeah. You know, you just got here and and spat it out. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was a little bit worried about that because by Wednesday, when we used to record on Wednesday, I used to think it's fine. I'm, I'm kind of over yeah. it by then. But Monday's still <laughs> raw. It's raw. Exactly. I'll give it to you. Not all trivia. Like cocaine straight from Bolivia. There was also losing three times to the unmentionables. Yeah, it was bad. And obviously the AVB and Sherwood saga. And as we discussed in the first half, Adi Bayor's resurgence to be the prime forward in the club. And he's also said that he's staying. He's got no reason why he wants to leave. He's not a contract player. Although I would say that he would have the season of his life next season if he was. Yeah. He's like 30 years old now, isn't he? Yeah, he's 30 now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least he's not moaning over a birthday card. That's all I can say. <laughs> what a <laughs> fucking bunch of shit. And the thing is, I thought it was a wind-up. But he comes out and says, no, it's not a wind-up. Unless it's the best wind-up ever and he just carries it through. Like, you don't fuck about when you're <laughs> it's about a 200 grand a year contract. Where's He's not going to go anywhere that's going to pay him the grand money. a week. 200 grand a week per, uh, contract so it can't be a wind up but if you go to Monaco isn't it old club isn't it 300k and 100 goes to tax and he gets 200k himself mm, that sounds about right definitely 200k and, and, and then we worry about like struggling to finish top 4 how can you compete with that so um, w- Spooky you've read this more than most of us the, the statement yeah, the trust the trust I, I, I just want to say actually that was probably the best discovery of the season um, all jokes aside um, because I, I, we finally have a trust to actually do something yeah. that actually means something to supporters. I, I feel like actually the, the, they'll be able to tell us better than, than, than we can say, but there doesn't seem that much abuse aimed at them at the moment. I think by and large they're doing a good job. I think the supporters are, are kind of getting behind it. They've got some really good members. Uh, as far as I know, and there may be some that I'm not going to mention now, but 
obviously Darren Alexander yeah. can't be forgotten. That's a, that's a massive loss and yeah. um, something we'll remember forever because he was, had such a, an impact on Spurs and Spurs support and, and, and what happens when we go to match days. And, and I think his impact on the trust will, will carry on for a long time. But you've got Paul Head, who's there also. He's, he's very kind of intelligent and uh, kind of a learned, has a good understanding of, of what's right about um, following football and what, how, how football fans should be treated. Kat, who, I, I, I mean, she's had a massive role. She worked really um, closely with Darren, obviously, and as both her and Darren were probably most responsible for transforming the trust. Ellie is also. So it's just a, a massive congratulations to them and, and thanks to, to, to for giving us a trust we can get behind, I think. I think they've done, they've done brilliantly. Is Martin yeah, Cloak we'll see. And Martin Cloak, which is, is, is huge as well because... Um, I mean, we've had him on the podcast many times we're big friends of him and he wrote a massively massively impressive um, e-book about 1882 called Sound of the Crowd it was less about 1882 and more about supporters movements at Tottenham and obviously he focused on 1882 because he has direct access to what we're doing so yeah that was that was big and I, I, I kind of I'm excited about what the trust can do now and in as much as any trust can do in, in modern football well, you know, there seem to, I mean, from reading the statement, this is a nutshell of it, really. Um, they seem to have Daniel Levy's ear and Donna Collins' ear, and um, whether or not the, the, the club acquiesced to every request that, that they received from the trust and from our fans, the fact that they know that they're there, that knowledge in 1882, this is a massive positive, you know, from, when, from, from, from their humble beginnings, because at the start of the game, loads of abuse, and now people are behind and realising what they want to do. Mm. So, Spook, you you kind of you said you've read the statement. A couple yeah, of there times. was like, um, I, I, I guess they, oh, they covered um, like stadium safe standing, um, a couple of other bits and pieces as well. But um, like interesting, I, I guess none of it was like earth shattering news. I think a lot of the stuff we we actually knew just on based on other statements and other information that's come out. But uh, with the stadium, um, there's just one. Uh, purchase left, which is obviously Archway Steel, which a lot of people know uh, has been ongoing for apparently ten years. That we've been trying to uh, buy them out. I think. In, um, what is that? Sorry, I don't know. Well, it's just a, bit, a local business that's on a patch of land that we need, and we can't do anything development-wise until they've uh, agreed. This to, is the uh, compulsory purchase. That yeah, we're exactly. To exactly. Uh, Seventy-one other businesses have been relocated. Um, Look, I can't speak on behalf of either the club or, or a business, but I mean, if if you if you kind of ignore both, get out of there. Basically, generally speaking, <laughs> if you if you're the if you're the business, you're going to look to make as much money as, as you can out of it. It's your pension. Yeah, they're going to retire on that. Whatever. Well, Spurs yeah, exactly. But I think Spurs have actually offered them new land. I think they've they've offered them a decent thing. So at this point, to be honest with you, a lot of people saying sense of community and good on them for standing their ground. But I'm thinking. I want this fucking stadium built. <laughs> like, I know Archway still own the people, the guy, the guys that own it are Tottenham supporters apparently. Mm. Just agree to it, lads. Let's move <laughs> on. Okay, we've well, we been there we, for a hundred years. Know, we don't know. No comment. Well, no, yeah, Le- Levy's a hard negotiator. Do you know what I mean? He's going to have Tottenham's best interest. This guy's going to have his own his, life. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one. It's not. We're not in any position to really comment anymore on that. But hopefully. 
that will happen soon because apparently that date uh, stipulating um, 2017 yep. for the completion, which came out in one of Daniel Levy's happy um, updates. Almost like, oh, here, here's a date for you, you guys. And I, I can't remember when that was released, actually. And everyone was like, oh, here we go, more propaganda. Well, it looks like it's going to be pushed back. Um, so no surprise there. So at the moment, it's penciled in for 2017. But Supposedly, but I don't, I don't think it, it, it will be finished by then. If we haven't even started yet, or if there's no plans officially to start in, in, in how, the summer. How does this any, any of this impact the stadium, the internal stadium design? Because we've known that there's new architects involved. They're out of date. I think I think a lot of the the um, the internal stuff, especially, is out of date now because when they were re, uh, when they were sort of illustrated, it was what a few years back. Mm. There's been changes in just in in I guess expectations in design and whatever else, so they're out of date. So any companies that's going to sit down any development firm any uh, uh, sort of work that needs to be done they're going to have to review it don't know if that means they're going to change the, the look of the stadium you know where everyone keeps banging on about the cop style um, I think that's what people want yeah I mean that's, that's the, the, I don't give a shit about the internals if the internals is to do with uh, four corks meals and, and corporate mm. suites or whatever else you know deal with that it's how the stand but, looks and, and how it's like to go and watch a game I suppose yeah and another big thing because it's one of the things that, that, that came up I don't know if it was this season but the NFL stuff yeah. about having a multi-purpose stadium Spurs did not dismiss that again they're not they're not going to say one way or the other but one of the, one of the rumours was the fact that having something multi-purpose would generate more money for the club and potentially a big name in, in terms of naming rights because if if it if it ties in with something American based we're talking about a lot of money I don't know whether I'm happy about having a stadium that also has NFL football but you know, consider, considering we didn't move to Stratford, I'm willing to sacrifice something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to be completely against modern development of football. There's something I'm going to have to put my hands up and say. Everyone has to. You otherwise, know. they might give up supporting watching yeah. football in the top flight. Certainly. The, the stuff that I'm more interested in is um, the kind of safe standing yeah. stuff. Yeah. That, I mean, we, the Fighting Cock did a, a survey. Must have been about two years ago. Yeah. Now. And the re results were almost identical to, the, to 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 those released by the trust. In yeah. It's overwhelmingly positive. Um, I think they had over two thousand respondents, and all saying that you know this is something that we would like to see trialed at Tottenham. And it wasn't dismissed out of hand, which no. I, I thought it would have been. And I can say pretty openly now, now that the trust have released their own statements and the club have said it, is that when we did it, the club weren't that. They were like saying, well, the law is the law and, and there's not much we can do about it. Whereas other clubs are saying, if the law changes, yeah, we're doing it because our fans want it. That wasn't what, mm. what I heard. The Spurs are now saying exactly that. Well, yeah, they've said that if, you know, they're very open-minded to it. And I think that's probably in part due to two years of campaigning from various organisations like Safe Standing, Roadshow and FSF. So obviously there's more gone into it and it's been in the press a lot and lots of other clubs have come out. So Spurs are obviously changed their position because they've been allowed to really. They're not kind of going out on an ear. Is that right? Going out on a limb. So, <laughs> going out on a limb. Um, because other, <laughs> other clubs have... Uh, I don't know what going out on an ear would be like really. Uh, sure I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, it's, they're in an easier position. But that was, that was positive and obviously the atmosphere stuff 
882 got a mention from the from within like the club recognised the impact, especially at Europa Games and youth games, and that that's essentially what we was it weren't what we was trying to do. We were trying to make it you know going to Spurs fun. Um, I mean, they moved us from Block J to Block 35. And some people viewed this as in a negative way, but in a way, it's had a very it's had a very good impact in 1882. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even at the Lady King game, unprompted, you know, fans still congregated there and sang songs. Um, it's been a big season for 1882, and also um, the fans are allowed to bring their own flags. Yep. That's it's, it's the biggest big... thing for me because that's almost like we always get this health and safety thing. Yeah, but you, you again, you want. Um, I think it's it's cited as organic growth, not like organ. I mean, the surfer flag obviously didn't go as planned, and I think the mm. the, the guys in the trust acknowledge that. And I think it's not anybody's fault other than these stupid rules to do with health and safety. Yeah, yeah they, it's and, not like they chose it to make it that size. Well, it, no, was, exactly. it was the stipulations that they were placed. But on. I also think that when you when it's organic, when it's someone bringing a flag in, it feels less like you're putting on a show, or it feels le- less like. You're, um, you're, you're basically. Uh, sorry. sorry about that. <laughs> you're gonna pause it. You're gonna. No, we we'll just kick carry on. That, this is what happens when you record in a public area, basically. It's like we're we're, we're stuck. It's like no, sorry, we can't answer any questions. Yeah, but I'm gonna ask you a question anyway. <laughs> Fucking hell. Anyway, sorry. Don't yeah, just, yeah no, I was that. just saying that. Um, <laughs> When when you're getting people bringing up bringing in their own flags, it just feels more like supporters are bringing in. It's just giving us a responsibility to yeah, to, to it, not misbehave. It's we're, it's we're human flag, beings. We're not you know what I mean? it's, crazy people. Yeah. They're treating us like adults. You know that's what uh, that's what that's all us fans are asked for. I mean, if they're going to be if they're going to spend increasingly higher prices to watch our beloved team, then surely we should be given a bit of responsibility and. Um, yeah, I mean the flags ain't necessarily going to make people sing more, but it's it's a start. I mean, even the server flag, people said the flag was too small, but that's 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 just a start. We'll get bigger flags as time goes by. It's a move in the right direction. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, you know, even the, even the fact are, are accused of um, being sanctimonious of the petitions that I've had about StubHub and about um, mm. and about safe standing. But we could either give lip service to it or try and, you know, get do, some answers. Do something, exactly. And that's what the Trust have done brilliantly here. Well, that's it. And it's their, their role as well. I mean, and, and I'm sure they, they accept that as well. Is that their, their role is to um, better the match day going fan experience. And they're doing that, doing it really well, I think. Yeah, I think, the, I mean, the one I got the most response I'd say of the 1982 was a, was a drummer. They're willing to actually speak to the drummer. And um, what do you think about this? It's something that polarizes our fans. I think we need it back because um, games at Wildland is very quiet. I mean, even if, if even if it does go a bit quiet, the drum just kind of you know does it's like it. a rhythm of the stadium. Yeah, um, is it small time? I think people who come at a small time all the time are people who care what other people think of them, other than just going to the stadium to just have fun. I yeah. think it's a good thing. But what's more small time? Actually, you know what? It ain't small time to have a shit atmosphere anymore. It's actually a big club type thing to happen. It, all all of the big clubs have awful atmosphere. Yes. Including Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea. Chelsea. They're all even West Ham, and and and, and they're just it, it is a it is an insipid atmosphere to go into, and it isn't the fault of I, I've kind of softened on my stance in the first season. You know, I was quite angry about how bad the atmosphere was. And, and, and thinking about and becoming a bit more mature in my 
opinion on the, on the matter, um, <laughs> knowing that there's many reasons why the atmosphere is, is, is disintegrated in every football club it, at all levels, really, but especially at um, the Premier League. But it isn't necessarily a bad thing to bring something back that's going to generate atmosphere. And, and it isn't a bad thing to have people that want to sit together and sing in a stadium. I mean, look at Man United giving their fans a singing section. I think Spurs are the next step is to give us a, a singing section. It doesn't have to be called that. That's a hor- yeah. horrible phrase. Yeah. And we don't have to call it 1882. If there's a if there's a section where people can congregate, we'll drop the 1882 banner. It doesn't even have to, we don't even need to use it anymore. I mean, the whole point of it at the minute is just to get people to sit in the in in, in the, stand in the get, same place. Give an opportunity for like-minded fans to come yeah. together. That's all it is. And 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 people want. Whenever you hear amazing atmosphere on telly, people talk about it. No, I think that one of the one of the, one of the fundamental problems that we're, we've had in the last few years is this: the way people rationalise and defend why the atmosphere is shit. So they're quite happy to say, "Well, it's because of the football we're watching; it sucks the life out of you." And if I want to go to a football match and moan, <laughs> that's my right. And it's like, okay, so it you're your saying right, it's also it, my right to support my exactly. Team there, 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 there's, you know, old timers have, have said it. Many, many times, even back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, there, there was an element of, of, of moaners and groaners, and Tottenham have a history of scapegoating managers and players. I think that element is at every, exists at every club. I just think back in the day, it was a lot easier to make some noise when you're standing in a terrace with no seats and everyone's going absolutely loopy. No, but you can move. I mean, what a lot of. Um, I mean, there's a thread on the Fat and Cock about. Um... I think it's squeaky about, door, sorry, squeaky door. It's now, about um, the price. piss. I oh, know, disgraceful. Can but, we just um, go silent about... for a minute? <laughs> can, we, can we pick up the piss? No, we can't. He's pissing on the bowl, not on the water. Oh, um, <laughs> there's, um, there's, a, there's a thread about the prices in 1981. I think you alluded to it on Twitter, yeah. actually. And even fans back then said, look, you know, the 80s wasn't exactly forced down singing or anything. But back then, because it was standing, you could move away from people that annoyed you. Yeah. Because you're stuck in your seat, you can't... It's, it's not in your interest to yeah. to argue with the person next to you. <laughs> you know, but um, what I was going to move on to was um, Levy said, we need a manager who believed in our football philosophy. We would need to be entertained. Um the football we've had to watch, I mean, I don't want to slag off AVB too, because I liked him. He listened back to the podcast. I did like him. I didn't really want him sacked. In hindsight, I can see why he went. Mm. But he wants a manager who's going to entertain us. And I think that may improve the atmosphere a little bit if we get but, a manager who, you know, works mm. with the tools he's given and plays. But, but then, you know, you could argue that that's just a very nice soundbite from Daniel Levy. No, of course. That's what we want to hear. Well, you know, it's the right thing to say. Maybe he's more aware of it now. Maybe he's yeah. he's thought, you know what, um, you know, if 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 you if you if you start with the basics, you've got a happy core support, and if you've got a happy core support, you can build on that. So play the Tottenham way and see where it takes you. Again, a broken record, but we did this with Redknapp, and and people remember the free flowing football. It was attractive. It was the best football in in, in the league, if not the most productive in terms of end product in terms of silverware and whatever else but we hit a brick wall because it wasn't astute enough it wasn't it wasn't robust enough to adapt to all the teams that suddenly turned up at White Hart Lane and said you know we're not, we're not having this the reason Sherwood's football was seemed like a revolution was because people were turning up at White Hart Lane and thinking we could we could beat Tottenham they're, they're, they're not this ultra defensive possession side 
we can attack them. And the game was more open. And just by having really good players that's better than every every team in the country apart from maybe four or five other teams, you're going to end up winning it as long as you play basic football. And And if you do that all season, where will you end up? Fifth. Yeah, which is crazy because... Or sixth. This is why I feel so sort of deflated and a bit numb because, again, if you had someone that knew what the fuck to do with the players... But you'd have more fun getting to that sixth spot than you would boring the other team. Oh, without a doubt. And and then we'd be coming from a completely different perspective here. We'd be saying, you know what, we had a great season. We finished fifth, sixth, and it was great. Instead of thinking, fuck, I was bored for that first four months. And and it's the pressure and the stress of, of... needing to be successful it, it, it consumes uh, the football and, and the reason why I've seen a lot of Spurs supporters say this recently mm. they care more about the result than the football that fuck the Spurs way there's no such thing as the Spurs way the Spurs way is finishing mid-table through the 90s that's bullshit Spurs way is playing really good football entertaining the supporters and, and having flair players and, and, win, and winning cups yeah, yeah. that's the Spurs way if it doesn't work, yeah, it's going to be mid-table. But you can say you can apply that to any any football style. Well, I mean, in the case of a stand-up comedian, for example, if you're on next and the person before you dies and the crowd rips them, and you're on next, mm. that's managing Spurs. That's what that's what, <laughs> that's what Sherwood had because the crowd were irate. Um, Pochettino ever comes in now? There's an irate there's an irate set of fans, you know, and. Um, that's what we're faced with, and that's link, that links into the atmosphere as well. I mean, we're not exactly be, we're not exactly welcoming new players and managers with open arms. They're like, look, we're going to fold our arms, and you're going to show us what you've got. Mm. And this yeah, season, we, the season gone, we beat Palace one 0 in our opening game. Yeah. yeah, that game was no one remembers that game. It was quite dull. And I think the next game might have been against Swansea. <laughs> I forget now. Yeah, yeah. And that was also dull. So I'm saying the manager's got to make a statement straight away. Because yeah. even, even AVB's opening a couple of games, Norwich, West Brom, um, Newcastle, the games were pretty dull. And the fans, the, the, some fans have made their mind up from then that AVB wasn't going to last. So whoever comes in has got to really hit the ground running straight away and play a brand of football that... I think the only thing, but based on what you read on Twitter, the only difference is, is that this manager coming in is going to have a uh, an opportunity to unite the fan bases. United clans. United clans. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he's coming in where everyone, more or less, I mean, you'd say 80%, maybe 70%, if I'm being conservative, wanted Sherwood gone. So there's there's people just waiting for the right manager to be to be employed. And I think any one of Frank de Boer, I don't actually, actually, Frank de Boer's the least I want out of the three. Frank de Boer... What, why? If I may ask. Because of his style of play similar to AVBs, and I think that that will... Have an issue. I think that will start up new arguments and new criticisms that shouldn't be levelled at a new manager just because the previous manager played the same way. So I think uh, Frank Boers had four seasons, four glorious seasons with Ajax, the best youth academy in the country, clearly in Holland, and you know the history of what they did over there, and you know some massive clubs that are all going to be always going to be be able to attract players. But I think he's he's quite a pragmatic coach. And the way he plays football isn't necessarily the most exciting way. Pochettino is much more attacking. I've been reading a lot about him because I was convinced that he was going to be the next manager. Uh, there's a lot about him being uh, working under stewardship of uh, Cortese and Belisa, who was oh, the Bielsa, you mean Bielsa, Sorry, and the coach, yeah, yeah of um, the Chilean. He's Argentinian, yeah. isn't he? But yeah. He managed Chile. Yeah. He also managed Argentina, and um, did I'm, he? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, I think he managed he River Plate. 
Yeah, and he, he's he's got like a, a, a kind of he is tiki taka. But he's a maverick, isn't he? Yeah, and he's just like, let's go out there and play football the way it's supposed to be played. And he's like, uh, Pochettino's a kind of a, like a prodigy, a disciple of, of of him. And if he comes in with that philosophy, I, I'm I'm excited about that. And if we win trophies, then that would be the very best we could ever hope for. If we come out playing attacking football and, uh, and it's stylish and entertaining, then I'd deal with that and we'll finish fifth or sixth again, but that's fine with yeah. me. Um, and the other one is obviously Benitez, who, who, who the most likelihood of us being successful in terms of trophies well, and position see, plays. This is it. If you give a lot of people the op- if you give people the option, people might just opt for Benitez simply because he's the most likely to pr- produce um, silverware winning football. If not the most attractive, it's just like having a more pragmatic, successful AVB. Mm. Football's a little bit bland, maybe not as bland as some people would have you believe but at the same time Benitez as someone reminded me is quite volatile does have a bit of a mouth on him does fall out with people quite a bit so you know you wonder how long his relationship with Levy would would last if, if he if, if he's that outspoken well, but he has got the Premier, he has got the Premier League experience you know you cannot look at his record and, and dismiss what he's achieved in this country and and abroad well, bar, barring so, Wenger every top manager has issues with that. You, yeah, in you order can. to do that job, you have to be some well, sort of psychopath. Well, yeah, you have to. You have to have a. a, a, a so have to have someone a above you of arrogance. dictating. It's going to be an issue. Van Gaal is supposed to be an absolute nightmare for chairman. Well, I mean, maybe that's why we didn't get him straight away. <laughs> but um, Pochettino will have to speak English in all his press conferences. He can't. Do you think? He has to, under Levy. Levy won't have another Ramos where. He's like got an interpreter and, and all that. But everyone knows that Pochettino can speak English. Yeah, but I don't think Lever will have that at Tottenham. Southampton, no offence, but... I want, I want that to be the case. I don't want him to be speaking English. I want some, some minion well, to, to, to do the interviews. Well, I don't okay. want what has happened. It's happening again. <laughs> well, but yeah, um, go on. Sorry. But yeah, um, so we've got Pochettino probably won't speak English. I think I personally think he will be made to do so. Yeah. Um, someone made a point on the forum today about De Bruyne. His way of playing takes a while to implement... And De Bruyne will not be given time to implement it. I mean, AVB is similar. It may take two or three seasons to implement how he wants to play. Um, but Benitez, but, I'm sorry, but Benitez, he'll be like Ramos. Maybe we'll do a bit of shit, but he'll, he'll, he'll get silver, which is why I want him. But if we do get um, Pochettino, it will be more entertaining football. The point I wanted to make, actually, mm-hmm. was through the statement, um, on top of that, very little to add, but there's no, disco- there's no discussion to extend in the current deal. Which I guess is a positive. I mean, it is a positive. It's better than them saying, "Well, look, they've been beneficial. Yeah. We've made a lot of money," and, and and that that would be terrible because you're thinking, "Well, we're going to take business decisions over the fan wishes of fans." Yeah, we know that they do that. I mean, I've got nothing to add over stuff. Hub. Everyone knows how we feel about it on this podcast. So. But they've but they've made a few amendments, haven't they? Where they can't make astronomical they ticket prices. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people since. Since the big games sort of disappeared after Arsenal, most of the games you could buy are probably under face value. Yeah, and that's great. That's great if that's the system. Then if you need a ticket to the game and you can't, you need to run, you know, a week before the game. You haven't been able to buy one, and they're under face value. If that's StubHub, I can deal with that. Yeah, that's, that's no issue at all. It's the problems with the games that actually people are desperate to get to. I can understand why people don't want to go and see whole. I would want to go and see it, but I can understand why someone on a Wednesday night wouldn't go to Hull at home or be less attractive than than Arsenal on a Sunday afternoon or what should be a Saturday. 
But at any time, if 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 the club facilitate a system where fans can make a profit off each other, that's an issue. And, you know, we've talked about this. We don't yeah. want to go over it again. But the comments on the wire word was interesting. Um, mm. It says it should never have been a criminal offence. Although the consultation, the club says this. They both well, agreed the trust in the club. Both yeah. agreed on it. But the consultation did illustrate that some fans are offended by the term. Um, that may well. I mean, I'm, it's I'm a minority. No, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that because that's not necessarily true. But um, what, what is none true? of us found none of us found they were Jews, so we don't know. We don't know the history of the world, the word how relatives have been, you know, yeah, course, subjected yeah, yeah. to well, the word. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I read an article on, on in a magazine uh, by the much loved Norman Giller, and um, he there's a there's a photographer Monty Fresco who passed away. No one will know who he is, but he was a Jewish Spurs fan, and he. You know, his parents had to put up if you know, yids go home kind of stuff. So he, so people like that are against the word because the word is still fresh in the, in the mind for them. And I think we should need to be mind sensitive mm. towards. I think I think the word I, I I use the word. I think it should stay. But I'll always be mindful in the back of my mind that look, I'm not Jewish. It's not my word to demand that we can use. The problem is, where do you stop? Do you, do you then turn around and start debating the c word? Do you? Do you I, I completely look. I'm not dismissing. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm but the not C word, dismissing the C word didn't subject anyone to. No, I know, mate. It. I'm not. I'm not dismissing the, the history. I'm not dismissing the fact that there are people that are going to be. That to them, it's going to. You know, you, you you'd be uncomfortable walking down the street in the, in the high road, on a non-football match day and, and shouting that because people think that's completely out of context. And I think again, football, you have to take, you have to bring context into it. I think it's vital. Because everybody in football knows why Spurs supporters use the the word "yid," and they know that it's not done in a way that that's meant to be offensive. So, I, w- I was going to chip in here with everything I think about this matter, but I wrote an article called the Tottenham Free, and if anyone wants to read it, they can. It's on the website. The Fighting Cot. I pass. The Fighting I'm a deal with you, you cunt. Fuck off. Uh, Tottenham Free, the Fighting um, Man, this, a, has been, a, this has been quite downbeat, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's all right. It's, it's all right. I'll tell you what, let's let's talk about a lighter subject. They're, they're gonna Sasha Gray's porn career. <laughs> Did you <laughs> see her in Entourage? Yeah, she's a not very good actress, she's is she? wooden, wasn't she? Well, well, hey, she's wooden. Just, <laughs> <laughs> she's playing herself. Yeah, I don't so, know who you're talking about. I'm an upstanding gentleman. They're, they're apparently, you can watch porn in next season. You'll be able to watch porn inside Tottenham Stadium. Because oh, there's Wi Fi. Yeah, the Wi Fi signal is going to be increased. I actually think that's a bad thing. I it is. The amount of selfies that could be taken. I don't yeah. want people to be able to access it, the, the internet, internet inside Wire Lane. Exactly. There's no need for it. There's You're no paying need. 30 quid a minimum to watch your team, your beloved, beautiful White Hart. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur. White Hart Lane. You're inside the stadium. You don't need to go on the internet. Don't need to at all, no. So. Scrap the Wi-Fi. So, uh, Maybe people streaming the game while they're watching it. They're probably streaming another game at the same time <laughs> as well. well that, would, that would help us avoid all, all kind of problems with celebrating Newcastle results and whatnot. Yeah, only, only the journos <laughs> should have Wi-Fi. No one else should have it. Fans Fuck them. Fuck the journos. They can, they can, they can, they can suffer like the rest of us. All right. Um, so yeah, massive, massive props to the the trust. Did a great job this season, and more next season if possible. That'd be amazing. Good work. Um, aspirations for next season. Well, we've kind of already touched on the manager part, haven't we? Definitely. Perspective: major changes to our lineup. It's got to be fullbacks and a striker. Well, who, who, which fullback has been spoken about recently? Uh, there'd be one, Mister Ashley Cole. 
The thing is, like, the, the, the funny thing about all this is that he's not going to sign for Spurs. He's, he's played for Chelsea in the Champions League. He's not going to just suddenly... Liverpool. Liverpool. It's got to be Liverpool. It, they've got, they've got um, Jose Enrique, though, haven't they? Yeah, yeah they're not going to drop him out. Cover. I mean, it, it, do you it think Ashley Cole is looking for... Um, you know, what is he thinking about here? A bit of a pension fund, or is he thinking about more footballing success? Yeah, but fuck, I mean, I don't give a fuck what he thinks, really, to be honest. But it, 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 the, the the kind of question we posed on Twitter was whether or not we you'd accept Ashley Cole at Spurs. My feeling, and it's not something that I'm happy about, but given the fact that Adi Bayor was signed, Bentley was signed, but more importantly, William Gallas was signed because he played for Chelsea and Arsenal also, does it really matter anymore? I mean, it's been chipped away. My problem is with Redknapp, because he was the one to start chipping away at the fabric of the club and the things that we hold dear. We don't really want players from Chelsea. We don't really want players from Arsenal. Occasionally it happens, but Adi Bayor and Galas in quick succession well, to, was, was a kind of bitter pill. To take but, you one step further. Though. But o- over time, it became... Normal people accepted him. P- Billy Gallas, Billy Gallas, fuck off, <laughs> Billy Gallas. But William <laughs> William Gallas was accepted, and he did a good job. He, he ensured that we got through against AC Milan in in two thousand eleven. Look, the, the, uh, the way I see it, right? Okay, we've got Baldini, we've got scouts. There is a pool of hundreds of players out there. Would you accept Scout a That's fucking not the player? Question. Would you accept Cole? No, no, I would not accept... If you're asking me, do we want... Right, he's not signed for anyone yet, right? He's a free transfer. Yes. Do I want him it's, at Tottenham? No. It's a hypothetical. Okay, I don't want him at Tottenham. If he's signed for Tottenham, mm. what will happen is the same thing that happened with Gallas and Adi Bayor. You, you have to accept it because he's wearing your shirt. If he's wearing your shirt, doesn't mean you're going to fucking give him a blowjob. You're going to just... Just get behind him, he's a Spurs player and that's what it is. No, yeah, you, I don't you, agree with that. I'm no. with T here. I'm with T. I don't I agree with that. Let me finish it. You're, you're finishing my sentences, mate. Sorry, speak quicker. Fuck me. Ah, Jesus I'm Christ. Gonna not, In your own I'm going to fucking knock so, you out, Spooky. I swear to Ashley God. Ashley Coe. Ashley Coe. Formerly married to Cheryl Coe. No, no, no. She took his name. Um, <laughs> no, I'm taking a piss you now. You fucking wake <laughs> Fuck off. Right, OK, but... No, I will not accept him. I don't. I don't want him at the club. I just again, you're saying hypothetical, but the hypothetical has to include the fact that surely we would look for other players in that position. Yeah, I get it. He's a winner. He's won stuff. Fair enough. He's won stuff. But what's his attitude? Is he still hungry? Is he going to come and do a professional job? Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, you, you as quickly as people would accept him. For all the footballing reasons, aside from the fact he played for Arsenal, Chelsea, people will turn against him if his form is a bit dodgy. I don't think he's had a great season for Chelsea. He's hardly no. played as well. So, from a footballing side of it, even forgetting about the the loyalties and the and, and the rivalry, no, not really. I'm, there's, there's better options out there. Some, if there isn't, damn you, Tottenham for not fucking finding them. Some people have actually said, "Oh, but look how it will wind up the Gooners." I'm like. What kind of logic is that? We, 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 what we, the hell? We, we were talking early, earlier, weren't we, T, about this, and we, we were starting to get into what would have been a full-blown argument. Yeah. But I thought, no, 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 let's stop this. Let's let, let's uh, let's um, let's discuss this on the podcast tonight. But then I thought, let me get do a little subtle dig in uh, in T's ribs and ask a Twitter question. <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't see it till later. <laughs> which is basically, would you accept Cole at Spurs? And 
or, 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 it was almost unanimous in the saying that yeah, he's better than Rose to take him, and that's the mindset of most Spurs fans. And it's not wrong to think that way. It it is from my perspective, but I don't blame people from thinking that way because all that matters to most people is success. It's and winning. if a player is is undoubtedly much better than Rose, it, it, that goes without don't, argument, surely. Don't you, yeah, no, he is. But don't you think it's almost like this left back thing has, has been such a major problem? That what we're doing is we're stopgapping it. It's like Redknapp's our manager again, and we're bringing in someone who, if, again, if you look at it from the perspective of some of these Spurs supporters, it's a it would be a good thing in terms of experience and ability. But ha- for how long? And then we have to look for another left back. Let's find a 25, 26 year old experienced left back, twenty seven year old, someone who can come in and do the job. And there isn't this. Well, how long are we going to have him for? And you know, is he going to be injury prone? And what's his attitude? Look. And he's a ex-Arsenal Chelsea if if every midfielder on Spurs' books was in that Malaysian fucking plane right and they were marooned somewhere and Russia was available at a fucking free I would still say no oh absolutely right there's a similar scenario with our left backs they may as well be in that Malaysian plane right I don't want that mm-hmm. cunt at my club if he if he does join us then obviously I'll have to deal with it. I'm not going to sing his well, name. That's why I said, why were you disagreeing with me a month no, ago? No, because you, you, you made the wrong point first. Yeah, you made your point if first. He, if he joined time... Have you never read my blogs? <laughs> no, just I'll get there in the end, but it takes a while. Just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, I would have to deal with it if, if, he, if he joined Tottenham, but the fact of the matter is I wouldn't be singing his name. And oh, fuck that, no. Obviously, I don't get players, I don't get players names in my shirt, but I wouldn't... Be, wouldn't consider doing it with him. I mean, I also said earlier on that if there's a list of gooners he would not want at Tottenham, he would be fairly near to top of that list. Yeah. And, and when you look at Adi Bayor, he, he, the, 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 the sub- alleged hate for him almost vanquished because of what happened between him and Arsenal supporters. Yeah, yeah. So it almost, almost made up for the amount of times he dicked us as, as a player for them lot. So, uh, whereas Ashley Coe's never done anything to, for us to go, oh, yeah, he's all right, actually. Okay, uh, world is mine since uh, from Twitter. Us since next season's Europa League winners get a Champions League spot. Should our main focus be the Europa League rather than finishing in the top four? That is a wicked question because yes, one hundred percent. Imagine fuck the league. We could finish eighteenth, right? We put all, <laughs> all attention, everything into winning the Europa League. Sign every player that would make us win the league. Don't uh, win the Europa League. Don't play them in the league. Rest them for that cup competition. <laughs> win it. Get all the glory of winning the competition, which we talked about in the first half. How great it is to to win a competition, a cup competition. Then get into the Champions League and buy who the fuck we want to finish in the top four forever. But we'd be in the top four of the Championship. No, no, 18th. Yeah. All right, 17th. No, <laughs> Why, see, this is your problem. You're a pedant, T. I have to, because people are going to email us, oh, yeah, I've got this or that yeah, I'll deal with that. I'll deal with that. You don't have to do anything. Fair enough, I'll have to defend you. The thing is, that would be a Tottenham thing to do, isn't it? But that's fuck it, fuck Echo it. glory. Wouldn't you take that? A Champions League finish? That's the same as Arsenal finishing top four and winning the FA Cup. We win the Europa League and we finish 17th. We're in the Champions League next season. We buy another Eric Lamella. Everything's gravy. Until the season begins, if we won the Europa League and Arsenal finished fourth, that'd just be utopia. Is that what happens? The fourth place. I believe place? so. I believe, I believe oh, so. God, but would... our main focus next season should be to win every game we play, oh. whether it's whether it's a friendly 
or a Peace Cup me, or man. Europa League or the FA Cup or Seattle Dream. That's my focus as a football. So what fan happens when February comes around? It's to win every game. February comes around when everyone's fucked. We've got a big enough squad to cope with. Play the B team. Evidently, we haven't. We we do though. It's just a case of managing it. It's not been managed properly. But it's I think I think um, it is. We do need a winning mentality. I do. T has a point in just in terms of. Is that a if, player? What? I thought he said Willie Mentelli. <laughs> I've never heard of him. Is he, is he Brazilian? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> he's French. Oh, we need him. Whoever he we is. Do, we do need him in every position. Willie Mentelli. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking genius. Um, but, that, but that's... Honestly, without that, what we had, we've had like really limp cup exits, you know, a really apologetic Europa League campaign... It's just not. It's just not Tottenham, is it? No. You know, it's not the swashbuckle and a, a, a bit of a, a bit of the swagger. It's just fucking do it. I'll take that. No, I mean, if we could win the Europa League, I would choose it over finishing fourth. But um, our focus should be to do as well as we can in all competitions, not just um, prioritise one over everything else. I think we should prioritise the Europa League over everything else, everything, and win it. Get into the Champions League. It's the same as finishing fourth. It makes absolutely no difference. Therefore, I win. I win this argument. And that's it from the fighting cock. Is it? Why? What was you going to write down? Are you writing something no, down? No, I wasn't going to write anything down. Well, it's just that we've run out of time. Why have we run out of time? <laughs> got... I thought we've got loads of shit here, man. Why are you... Why, why are you fucking... Stopping the, why are you stopping the running order? Spook. Uh, I... Don't fucking touch me. I'm... I'm, I'm no, I've not been on this pod I'm for sick, a while. I'm, I'm getting proper sick right. of what you're... I've not been on this podcast for a while, right? Spook, honestly, got, honestly. Like, like, shit on a real, like, just stop stop this, because you're being a prick. You've been a prick all season. I'm a, I'm a little bit about sick about what... <laughs> we, we... Hello, this is Ricky from The Fighting Cock. I thought I would give you an end of season goodbye personally from myself as unfortunately I couldn't make the end of season podcast. So looking back, um, some key decisions that have uh, led our beloved club into uh, absolute bullshit to be honest. But um, we'll start with AVB and him being sacked. The guy was consistently boring, his football was effective um, we've got we had the highest points tally under him, which uh, to be fair, yeah, it's, it's decent. But um, I just lost all love going to to Watford and watching his style of football. And I'm not even sure he knew um, of his best eleven. Really, um, he had like what a season and a half in charge, and he still didn't know his best team. And then in comes Tim Sherwood to take over. I mean. There's no better to give a job of the kind of magnitude of Tottenham and where we were going to give it to somebody with no first team management, as in in the news and media spotlight. No experience at all, no badges and no tactics from what it seems like. Very minimal tactics, but um, and this guy was supposed to... Uh, steady the ship and lead us to glory. I, I think we're all we all know that that was never going to happen. He done a decent job, a decent enough job. We finished sixth. And I think, you know, sixth is the um 
the lowest league position that I particularly want us to go for. Um, four, four to six, three to six, three to seven, somewhere around there. We're at the, we're at the bottom half, but we've had a shit season, so fuck it. So, what has the cockerel got to cry about this season? Judging by that, fuck all. Um, away victories to a shit United team, a shit Newcastle team. That's literally it. That's literally what we've got for this season. Um, the shining light has been Ericsson coming through. I mean, for me, at first, I was a bit sceptical. I still think um, he can do more. Um, as can all our players from the way they've been playing this season. But um, I think, you know, with a new boss, I think um, Ericsson be more centri- utilised centrally, where he'll get more of the ball, he'll be able to create more, um, and he'll be able to, you know, um, use, his, use the left and right channels as much as, well, as far as kind of like sticking to the left-hand side. Um I just wanted to thank all the guests that have come onto the Fighting Cock. Mickey Hazard, Rob White, Dan Lowe, Tim Grigg, James Moore. Um, there's been there's been loads and they've all been great guests. And sorry if I've missed your name out, but um, you obviously didn't impress me that much. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thanks to them and obviously to the lads that actually do all the hard work and effort to put this together week in week out i know it's kind of it does sound like a laugh and we're there drinking but a lot of hard work and effort does go into uh, planning the podcast so i just like to say thanks to all the lads and inviting me back all the time but most of all thanks to all the fans that have listened to the podcast um we're all really appreciative of your posts on the forum, um, Twitter messages, and the amount of people that download the podcast, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And personally, I just want to say thank you to all of you and have a lovely, lovely summer. Goodbye. Good, good, goodbye. Good, 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 goodbye. Lovely, lovely, good, 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 goodbye. Good, good, goodbye. Good, 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 goodbye. Lovely, lovely, Good, 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 goodbye, Summer. Hi, engineer out. Don't forget about me. I just want to say, fuck you, Ricky. I'm coming to you live from Brighton. Bear zoots and orgies. I love engineer Al. I want to show him my tits. You know me, spooky. I'm coming for you. Why did you do that? You don't fuck with the fam. Gunshotter. Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. 
even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.